morning, good morning, good morning. This is Swaggy Nova on set, aka Black Guy Learns Chinese. That's right, Black Guy Learns Chinese. You probably can't tell by my voice that I'm black. Can you tell that I'm black? I know that's like a really weird question, I know. I've worked at a call center before, and uh, that's another that's another subject. Anyway, Black Guy Learns Chinese. And on this series, I just wanted to bring you my explorations in the, in the Chinese language because I'm learning Chinese and I've learned or I've heard that the best way to learn a language or to learn something is to teach others so I want to kind of teach you what I've learned and I could actually remember what I learned and I'll be practicing out here in future episodes I want to teach something that I've learned tell you what I've, you know, how I learned it. Then we're going to do practice actually outside. You know, maybe we'll get like a stranger and I'll tell them how to say something in Chinese and see if we could go inside the practical thing, go inside of a Chinese restaurant, which I did the other day. I went inside the Chinese restaurant and after my class and I said ni hao. Uh, or, excuse me, guys, I'm not going to even tell you what I said because I, I want you guys to learn, like, what I said. But anyway, I said hello in Chinese, and she kind of accepted it. She was like, okay, ni hao, whatever. And I told her that I'm learning Chinese and that I wanted to practice with her. So I try, I tell, told her what I've learned, and she was like, huh, what? I was like, uh, I said it again, and she's like, Huh? And then I had to really remember it. And then she was like, oh, you're saying this. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, kind of a fail. But it was a good attempt, right? So that's the thing that I think we could actually do is actually learn the language. I could learn the, what to say in Chinese. I could actually let you know what I learned. I could teach you what I learned, then we could practice it together, and then we could go to a Chinese restaurant and like try it out on someone. How about that? Okay, catch me outside. How about that? But I think that would be a fun way to learn. So uh, the first kind of introduction uh, to you is to let you guys know, okay, yeah, you could tell I'm a black guy. Anyway, and I like to learn uh, languages. Especially Chinese right now, it's like the hot language or the hot cultural topic in the world. Like we have the the, the kind of the coronavirus is going around and uh, different things, trade agreements that that Trump has now, which is really good for the world. And um, so China is really in the news. And when I was growing up, um, my mom, who is a fashion, we had like four, four, um, one of four children. And my mom, she was uh, fashion, uh, she went to fashion high school, she went to um, fashion institute, and she worked for a s small children's clothing line. Actually, it's now really huge. But she worked for that, 
uh, company and she had a fascination of like decorating. I mean, I can remember our, you know, clothes sometimes matched our pillowcases. I was like, okay, well, this works, you know, you know, so she was very resourceful in the um, decorative way. Um, she subscribed to Architectural Digest and she made our home when we finally did move from the Bronx um, on the east side near um, Co-op City, a very suburban part of the Bronx, into a more suburban part of New York, which is a county. So she took all of those skills that she's learned and her passion for um, passion for um, designing and she made an environment in our home she made rugs she um, got inspiration from the magazines how to make um, even better like upholstery um, pillows and so I really got uh, inspiration from her like right now I actually have made three sets and um, my career as a production manager and producer uh, so I got that but what really fascinated me also was about the culture of the whole thing and she did not rely on like one source of culture but she did gravitate toward the Chinese culture I mean even when I was younger I don't even know how young I was but I could always remember on the shelf in the living room was a statue of a Chinese lady. So I'm traveling to work right now. That's what you can hear. This Chinese sculpture was a, of a lady in all white from head to feet. Gown flowing. She was standing or it sounds like it's, it's, it looked like she was floating on a lotus a lotus flower you know those huge lotus flowers so it's just like this motion i don't know it's just so interesting how graceful this sculpture was was done and all in white one hand was carrying a vase in her in her hand like cradling it and then the other hand was extended out palm facing you with a middle finger extended and she had like she, her eyes weren't open but her eyes were like kind of closed like not sleeping but just closed with a dot on her head like this small I think it was like a red dot small red dot on her head um, but I could remember that like such a graceful uh, it was six six or seven inches tall but this white this white sculpture just fascinated me all throughout my life and um so and it was chinese it was very asian very chinese and um that's one thing i can remember about my mom's influence toward the chinese culture and it kind of influenced me also the other another thing i didn't learn until i was really older maybe uh in my 20s i ran into an old friend in my uh, on the train in New York City and well I didn't know this person uh, was standing me was a classmate of mine uh, and a person who lived in my building so I'm on a train in New York City and minding my own business like I always do and this guy is like hey 
I know you. We lived in the same building. I was your paper boy. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then like, I kind of remembered him. And then he was like, hey, yeah, it's really good seeing you. It's really nice. You know, your family was really, you know, quiet. I love, you know, something like that about the paper route. And then he was like, was someone in your family Chinese? And I was like, no. He was like, well, I thought your family was Chinese because you know how the Chinese people always keep their shoes outside of their apartment or outside of their um, living room, living space. Um, yeah, that was how my mom was at, a, at certain points. I'm not even sure how far. It's probably until like eighth or ninth grade we used to keep our shoes outside of our apartment i mean that's how really it was like it wasn't like a um a tenement where you know you see banging up shooting and stuff like that it wasn't like that but <laughs> so we kept our shoes outside the apartment and i even forgot about that until he kind of reminded me and i was like no he was like well that's what chinese people do they keep their shoes outside of their apartment i don't know where my mom got that from um but certainly when i went over to my friend's house no one had their shoes outside their apartment so that was really fascinating to me so all throughout my life i think my mom through my mom i had a fascination with the chinese culture so speed up speed up speed up to today speed up to today um, as a production member and uh, as a um, producer I find communication with people is like really the best way to learn about yourself learn about others and uh, you know bridging gaps between each other and although um, I don't speak Chinese every day I'm not married to a Chinese person but there are a lot of Chinese people that I encounter a lot so I thought I'll uh, I I would start to communicate with them in their own language. But Marcus, you're not in, in, in China. But I feel like the best way to communicate and have people understand you and you understand them is if you talk in their language, then it's a better bridge, like kind of bridging the gap um, to do that. So in this series called Black Guy Learns Chinese, I'm learning Chinese on Canal Street in Manhattan, the center of the universe. <laughs> and uh, it's on Canal Street and uh, like Mulberry, like uh, right outside, right in between Chinatown and, and uh, Little Italy. So it's really bursting with a lot of people. There's tons of seafood shops, a lot of noise, bustling cars going by, Chinese people, Asian people selling various items that you really don't need, but you, you're just like, oh, they're so cute, or sometimes you do need them, like hats. They sell like tons of hats and scarves, and you see people selling knock knockoff bags and asking you to come around. Yeah, definitely it does happen. If you're not in New York City, um, then imagine if you want to buy a cheaper like blueberry bag for Louis Vuitton bag and you see a guy in New York City selling it a Chinese person especially in Chinatown selling it they'll say you know you'll say you know how much and they'll just give you a price and then you expect to get the item right there on the spot 
they might ask you to go around the corner, which is very suspect, you know. You have to have a thick skin in New York City. You can't be like, oh, no, I really don't want it. So you go around the corner, and then there's someone there waiting. And then somebody might, another person, you have to wait like a couple of minutes, and then someone might come with, with the bag, right? But all through that process, it's like, okay, very suspect, but, you know, that's how it is in New York City. Anyway, I take Chinese lessons right on Canal Street and Mulberry. And the criteria or the expectations that I could give you of what I would like to, uh, how I like to conduct and teach you uh, Chinese and how I am learning is, number one, the expectation of just having an open mind, number one. Number two, it's not going to be like a regular, uh, you know, this is how you say one, two, three, four, five. We're going to do a criteria, we're going to do expectations of like learning, of course, how to say your name, um, you know, some practical things that you can learn. Then we're going to learn some uh, Chinese traditional Chinese traditional phrases, something that uplifts you and you can actually learn um, about Chinese traditional uh, Chinese language, um, which is really important, which is the basis of the Chinese culture. Um, Chinese traditional uh, language, I'm not sure if you guys knew this, but was infiltrated by the Chinese Communist Party um, for a while, I mean, even even things that they say that you know, sometimes you wonder sometimes why it takes someone a long time, especially in the Asian culture, to say something. It's because there's like thousands of ways to say it. Um, but what I've known about Chinese um, and some Chinese people we were talking about, they said that um, the Chinese language has been infiltrated um, by the Chinese government by the Chinese government. Um, so say for, as for a character, um, you may find a character in a magazine now, a Chinese magazine, and it might mean one thing, but the Chinese government may have took out one, one little stroke in that word to make it look like another word, but they say that's what it means. So for years and years, people believe that what they believe um, one thing might mean another thing. So, we're going to go through Chinese, traditional Chinese um, phrases or some kind of um, uh, culture, traditional culture stories, and teach you how to say that also. So, you know, practical, we're going to go over some traditional, and then we're going to go over another practical. Um, um, phrases like one, two, three, four, you know, things like that, and and what's behind the meaning? What's the behind the meaning of that of those characters? Even the stroke, the strokes of the characters, right? I don't know if they really mean something, but I would really find it fascinating. On my first, I did take one lesson, and I'm like blown away. That's why I'm really happy to share it with you. And I know this is a, a longer podcast, but I just wanted to explain to you, you know, who I am, you know, what I do. What I would like to do um, in the future is teach you the language, teach you what I've learned, teach you the traditional 
Chinese culture and uh, pronunciation. And then we're going to actually go to a Chinese restaurant and we're going to try to teach someone that phrase. And then we're going to teach the person who's going to learn it is actually trying to is going to use it to the Chinese person to see if they could understand it. So that would just kind of wrap everything up. So you feel like really motivated. Like the other day, I did go into a, a Chinese restaurant after my Chinese class, and I uh, said, or I tried to pronunciate, you know, uh, say what I learned in the class, and the lady was like, "Huh, huh, huh," and I was like. Okay, I failed that lesson, but she was really kind and she corrected me. So I have to uh, study that again. I have to practice that part of Chinese again. Uh, so it was, and it was really simple too. But you have to practice it, practice it, practice it. So I think the way that we could practice is by teaching other people how to say it, and then. The people who are hearing us learn it and say it really know that we're not just saying it just to, you know, get a girlfriend or to uh, brag or something like that. But we really care about, you know, the world that we live in. Anyway, uh, this is a black guy learns Chinese. Black guy learns Chinese, A.K.A. Swagger Nova on set. And uh, I'll see you guys later. And if this doesn't make total sense to you, there's going to be other podcasts that might. Um, further help you understand it. Alright, so this is an introduction to Black Eye Learns Chinese. Peace.